We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. We're taking your questions. We're chatting about the Bulls. It's going to be sort of an informal discussion. If anyone wants to come on stage and uh, talk about the Bulls with us, by all means, you're invited. Let us know in the comments. We always like interacting with the listeners on these locker room pods. It's a pretty cool way to, uh, to you know, just discuss the team and uh, what's been going on. And Bulls coming off a loss last night, 121-116 against the Phoenix Suns. Zach Levine was out for the game with an ankle injury. Kobe White also out. Bulls, I mean, there's probably no moral victories when you just traded two first-round picks and you're in a fight for an Eastern Conference playoff spot. But the Bulls competed well, and really, if they could keep up this level of play once Zach and Kobe come back to the rotation, uh, they would probably put themselves in a pretty good position. Uh, so even in a loss, I think we saw a lot of positives from the Bulls. Nikola Vucevic, in his third game with the team, puts up 24 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he was really good, I thought, for the majority of the game. He lost his cool a little bit in the fourth quarter, got a costly technical foul, Uh you know, had a bad turnover right after that. I think, you know, just stemming from frustration uh, from the last call. But he was good for the majority of the night. I liked the way that the Bulls were consistently looking for him in the half court. He's obviously a super talented offensive player. Uh, Thaddeus Young was great. Again, he finishes with 19 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, just doing a typical Thaddeus Young impression this year. Really solid on both ends. Nice passing hub. A lot of Flip shots, lefty flip shots seems to be a signature move. Uh, and Lowry Marketing getting the start at small forward. Got off to a nice start. The Bulls, uh, you know, got out the first four or five minutes of this game. They got out to a decent lead, but uh, Marketing ends with 16 and 10. Uh, not the most promising effort from him. I think in a lot of ways the Bulls are ready to move on from him. We'll talk about the big picture, we'll talk about the small picture. But I guess uh, the main takeaway right now, Jason, is that the Bulls are 19 and 27. They are in the middle of a really hard stretch, and that was always going to be the case after they made this move for Nikola Vucevic. It's a little frustrating because we wish Levine was healthy. 
Uh, we wish they could get some W's after making an all-in move. Instead, they've lost five in a row. Now they got to go play Utah. Then they got to go play Brooklyn. After that, things get a little easier. Uh, I guess I'll just throw it out there to you, Jason. How are you feeling about the state of the team right now? And uh, what did you think about that game last night? Uh, so, like, as we talked about in our last spot, like, no reason to panic. They are in a brutal schedule right now. And when you're missing Zach Levine, Kobe White, Garrett Temple, I mean, that's that's really tough. When you're on a five-game road trip or whatever they're on right now in Phoenix, it's hot. They're the number two seed in the West. Uh, and you do have to like how they competed. It looked like they were about to get blown out again in that third quarter when they went down 16. They make a little comeback. Denzel Valentine uh, did his thing for a bit before falling apart at the end, which is probably what we all expected. But um, in general, like, I, like you, you do hate to do the moral victory thing because the Bulls have been in so many games, even with guys out last night. The Bulls have been in so many games, and they were right there. The game was there for the taking, even with Devin Booker going for 45, even with Chris Paul slicing and dicing and those two dudes were just killing them in pick and roll and mid-range which is I mean not surprising that's their thing but the Bulls were right there they had their chances down the stretch and they just uh, some goofy stuff went went against them you mentioned the Vucevic technical there was the three-point uh, foul on Patrick Williams against Devin Booker uh, Denzel Valentine missed two wide open threes on one possession Valentine had that bad turnover at the end so that, they were right there just a few things go their way to get that win and just it just seems like it's just been a thing all year against these good teams. They just can't get over the hump, and they've been competitive. And it was it was definitely great to see them fight back again from down 16. It looked like they were about to get blown out. Uh, and to come back like that was nice. But again, they got to start winning some of these games. And I kind of do think they will once once Zach is healthy, and once they continue to build this chemistry with Vucevic. Like you said, he looked pretty good. Uh, as for Lowry, Lowry looked as aggressive as he's been all season in that first quarter. He had 10 points, 5 rebounds in the first quarter. And then he had six points and five rebounds the rest of the way. I mean, just super, uh, super disappointing with that. I mean, just like a classic Lowry game where he comes out, gangbusters, looks great, and then just fades into oblivion the rest of the game. And like you kind of mentioned, it does kind of seem like he's on his way out. And I think, was it you who tweeted last night who the Bulls kind of are basically just like have – I feel like a few, few people tweeted this. How they're just clearly not a finished product. Their defense sucks. Uh, and they clearly need some more pieces to help kind of make them more a complete team um, in terms of being a two-way offensive defensive force. But uh, for right now, like I said, you like the effort. We'll see how they come out and play in Utah. They are 19-27. They're almost certainly going to make the play. I mean, the Raptors The Raptors are a total mess. Uh, we Last night, like they, they, they've lost two straight double-digit games to the Pistons and the Thunder, who are two tanking teams. And the, the Raptors quotes that I saw last night, just they're, they're like totally defeated. COVID has just completely messed with their season. Uh, and there's, so they're still, what, two games back? The Wizards are still two games back. So, like, even if the Bulls continue to lose games, like, they're not losing any, like, ground on the standings there in terms of that 10 seed. So I do think they'll start winning a few more games here, especially when the schedule lightens up for a little bit. Uh, and I don't know. It just feels like next season is probably more important at this point. Like, it'll, it'll be nice, hopefully, if they get in this play-in. I guess if they don't and they somehow get a lottery pick and they get in the top four, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. That almost might be a best-case scenario, if you want to call it that. But I do think they'll start looking a little better, hopefully, as they come together. And uh, then next season, obviously, the offseason will be big. And going into next season, the expectations will be much higher. Yeah, a couple thoughts. First of all, brilliant move to protect the draft pick top four. I mean, to yeah. me... That was injury insurance in case Levine or Vucevic got hurt and the season went totally off the rails. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen. The Bulls were going to lose these games anyway. The Bulls have been getting right. against good teams the entire year. I don't have the record in front of me, but they've Bad. been getting smoked anytime they play a playoff team. Uh, you know, it's similar to last year with Boylan. The Bulls like didn't win a game against the top 
eight seed in the Eastern Conference the entire year. Uh, still, they just don't really have enough talent. And I think, you know, there's going to be a uh, – people are going to want to, like, evaluate this trade for Vucevic and this all-in move for Vucevic right away after, yeah. you know, these first few games. A couple things you got to remember. First of all, Garpax left the cupboard pretty fucking bare. I mean, Garpax is going to continue to sort of reign terror on the franchise for the next few years. And why is that the case? It's because if you look at their last eight draft picks by Garpax, they were all busts. I mean, I'm just going off the top of my head here, but starting in 2012 with Marquise Teague, you went Marquise Teague, Tony Snell, Bobby Portis, Denzel Valentine. Then you had Markin and Carter Kobe. Uh, Doug McDermott is the one I was forgetting in there. So, How do you forget Doug? Dude, that's eight <laughs> bad picks in a row. They did not get one above average starter in the draft with eight picks in a row. They thought they, you know, they were using the excuse that like, oh, we're picking too low in the order. We have Jimmy Butler. We Paxson always wanted to get like the next golden generation of Bulls players when he was here, similar to what he did with the Heinrich, Gordon, Nocioni, Dangcore, and then the Rose, Noah core. Uh, you know, that was their goal when they traded Jimmy Butler. I think there's no doubt about that. But then they just swung and missed in the draft every single year, even after they had higher picks following the trade of Butler. So the trade that they made for Vucevic was just a read on the situation of like, this team needs to be totally turned over. We can either try to compete and like, you know, try to build the best team possible and try to win, or we can see how many draft picks we can get for Zach, totally tear it down, try to build through the draft. And that's going to be, you know, another five-year process. Now for people like me and you, and probably anyone listening to this right now, uh, we're going to be Bulls fans our whole lives, right? So, like, my White Sox were trash for 10 years. Now they have an awesome team is the fruits of that rebuild. So I think fans who are like us, who are just going to be in it forever, they almost have more of a willingness to be bad for an entire decade. But I think the worry in that is that there's just no guarantees in getting better. Look at the Kings. Look at the Magic post-Dwight Howard. Uh, you know, just because you're picking high in the draft, just because you're picking top five, doesn't mean you're going to have a savior. And especially with the way they redid the lottery odds, uh, you know, it's just not a foolproof strategy to be accumulating assets, tearing down, trying to build through the draft and just wasting years and years and years and years, especially when you got a guy like Levine who made the all-star team when he was 25 years old. He turned 26 a few days after the all-star selection. That's where he's at now. Uh, so, you know, the Bulls are just going to have to be in a position where they're constantly looking to just improve the team through trades, through free agent signings, and through little moves around the margins. I think that, you know, the exciting thing about the Vucevic trade to me, Jason, is that now they have to make more moves. And that's why I said yesterday that the team feels very half-finished. We know that they were pretty publicly shopping Lowry Markkinen. We know that their interest in Lonzo Ball was documented on several different... Uh, you know, by several different reporters. So I think that that was something they were seriously interested in. And coming into, you know, this offseason, th- throughout this, the rest of this stretch of this year, I think the main goal is going to be to continue to develop Patrick Williams, to try to get some chemistry going between Zach and Vooch, and to really spotlight what the team needs heading into the offseason. 
after they made the Vucevic trade, I feel like it's pretty obvious that all these Garpax guys are going to be gone. I do not expect Lowry Markkinen to be on the team next year. I think it's very possible Kobe White's not on the team next year. I think you're going to see probably two new starters joining Patrick Williams, Zach, and Vooch in the starting lineup, who those guys are. We could talk about it. I think they need a point guard. I think they need a big wing. I think they need, uh, you know, a lot of defensive help in the interior. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to take some questions here. I uh, see we've got a few on Twitter. we got a few uh, in the comments. Too. Let's, let's start with Patrick Williams stuff here. we got a question here from Asish on Twitter about just Patrick Williams in general in the ceiling. ceiling. we got uh, from Kevin here in the comments about Patrick Williams' block last night, which we did not bring up yet, uh, and top shot. I would love that top shot of Patrick Williams' uh, block. But, yeah, Patrick Williams had a really nice game. I mean, I guess relatively. He had 16 points, 7-11 shooting. The ridiculous block of DeAndre Ayton, where DeAndre Ayton going up for an alley-oop was about to just tomahawk, hammer it down, and Patrick Williams goes up and just stones him at, like, the top. It was an incredible block, great highlight, block of the year. And all, and all that. Uh, Patrick Williams is absolutely roasted by Devin Booker all game long. But, like, yeah, Patrick Williams has no business guarding Devin Booker all game long. I mean, just the weird situation with the lineups and the Bulls playing this beer, big lineup with Patrick Williams playing the two and having to guard Devin Booker just put him in a brutal spot to get absolutely owned. But even despite that, like, Devin Booker hyped him up a bit, was uh, giving him some tips, I guess, during the game he, he talked about afterwards. Obviously, obviously, Patrick Williams is always willing to take those challenges. We've seen it all season uh, against LeBron, against Kawhi, against Giannis. Uh, and again, he did not have much success slowing Devin Booker. Booker had 45 points on 17 of 24 shooting, was basically getting wherever he wanted on the court, especially in that mid-range area in the pick and roll, just completely dominant. Patrick Williams is not going to stop that as a rookie. That's just really not his game. I mean, coming into the league, we talked about him being better as like a four defensively. And we have out him out here guarding all-star shooting guards. Like That's just not going to thing. But not going to be a good a good time, and it was not. But like overall, like Patrick Williams, we have to like what we've seen from him. Uh, again, he was seven eleven shooting last night. That mid range game has just been really impressive. Like his overall offensive efficiency, even though like obviously the volume isn't super high, uh, he's been really good. I think he's at like forty eight forty nine percent overall. I think he's at thirty eight percent from three. So like uh, as he gets more and more uh, comfortable, more and more aggressive offensively, and we saw some really aggressive moves last night. Uh, now, I think a lot of people were just, like, really loving Patrick Williams on Twitter last night, especially after that block and some of the other plays he made. Like, uh, I think the sky is really – the ceiling is, I think, very high for him. Like, I don't want to get too crazy. Like, I don't, we, I, I don't want it to go down, like, the Kawhi Leonard route because, obviously, Kawhi is one of the best players in the league. But, like, I mean, I guess that block almost is kind of Kawhi-esque just the way he got up there and, and stoned him like that with his – with the giant hands and block on that. But uh, overall, it's like – especially seeing the offensive game has been kind of better than I expected – uh, if they hopefully they give him some more responsibilities, which we've seen at times with him with his passing in the pick and roll game, I think you have to like what you see from Patrick Williams, even if he's not an actual impact player yet. Because again, he's 19 years old, he's super young, but the flashes have been great, and uh, hopefully he continues developing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Jason Pat from Cash Considerations again. This time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. There's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. It's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. And please check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Ricky, do you have thoughts on Patrick Williams? Yeah, I think that... <laughs> sorry, I was on mute. I was giving my speech. All good. Uh, Patrick Williams has such strong hands. I think to be in... It was showcased on that block by Aiton. Aiton yeah. is a total physical marvel. And to be able to pack Aiton from behind like that is just totally crazy. Patrick Williams in crunch time also had another nice steal on a dig down uh, towards the nail near the half court line. I've mentioned that uh, before about him. He's like really good at sort of like jarring the ball loose uh, in the middle of the floor, and he had another one of those, so that's good to see. Love Patrick Williams. I think a couple things. First of all, dating back to Florida State, I always thought his defense was much better on the interior than on the perimeter. I mean, at Florida State, he was getting cooked by Chris Likes, so I guess it's not a surprise to see him get cooked by Devin Booker <laughs> and do that to pretty much anyone. But with that being said, like you know, you don't want to like criticize Patrick Williams for right. you know, not being not able to fair. in Devin Booker. But I also think that there's really no harm in giving him those reps. Like, it can only be a good thing, right? Like, uh, while I do believe that he is more valuable as a defender near the basket than he is 30 feet from the basket, uh, you know, these are the kind of reps you want him getting. And I think, you know, the same thing can even be said for Kobe White playing point guard in a lot of ways. Even though it's been frustrating to watch him adjust to point guard, and it's been pretty clear that, uh, you know, he's not a natural fit at that position, uh, the reps can't hurt long term for a 2021 year old. You know what I mean? So these are all good things. Uh, got a comment here. The Vooch 
Tice lineup isn't bad, just needs more spacing. Yeah, I mean, Tice is incredible. You got to love Tice immediately coming in, being able to give you some defensive versatility. He plays with great intensity. What I like about Tice is he doesn't take much off the table, right? Like, there's not a ton of limitations in his game. It's not like the guy's a superstar, but he's pretty, like, well-rounded in every area. Uh, You could totally see why Boston fans liked him a lot. I think Bulls fans are going to like him a lot. Uh, The lineup decisions by Billy have been really interesting, Jason. Uh, From the starting lineup last night to rolling with Tice and Vooch, two centers in the middle, uh, both of them have a little ability to space the floor and stretch it out a little bit. But uh, some interesting lineup decisions by Billy Donovan, no doubt. Uh, I think the Bulls got a lot of work to do, man, in terms of the roster construction, in terms of the rest of this year, it's mostly just going to be like, let's see how many games we could win. Let's see if we could develop the Zach-Vooch chemistry. Uh, but but they got some work to do, and we've got some questions. Yeah, yeah say so we basically have like three questions here from Twitter that kind of like incorporate all of that exactly what you're talking about here. Uh, we have from Stephen is making the play and something to celebrate uh, because of like where they're at. We they obviously got tons of work in a normal year. You're in tenth place. Ethan has is this losing streak okay? When can we expect the team to come fully online? And then from Larry, how do you feel guys feel about the rotations that Billy D runs out? Uh, so let's, I guess let's talk about the rotations first because you we were literally just talking about that and how they've been kind of weird. And uh, I guess I was not really expecting like the big, big lineup last night with uh, Patrick Williams at the two, with Lowry at the three, Thad and Vooch. Uh, I thought that was kind of crazy, but it did work at first. Like, And the Bulls did hammer the offensive glass last night. And they had 18 offensive rebounds. Uh, the Suns, I think, had like four. I think it was like a fifty to thirty-two, like overall rebounding. Obviously, the Bulls missed way more shots, and the Suns shot like fifty-five percent. Like, uh, still, the Bulls just crushed the glass using their size in the front court. So, I mean, it was interesting. It was, it was kind of weird. Like, I, I thought maybe they would actually. St- I thought Billy was actually going to start Denzel the two, uh, with all the other guys out, but he went with the big lineup. I thought that was interesting. Some of the other rotation choices, uh, like I'm sick of Ryan Archiacono getting minutes. He blew a. Absolutely easy layup off a great Denzel pass last night. Uh, I'd like to see a bit more Troy Brown. He's been a bit uneven, but I'd still like to see a little bit more of him. It was interesting last night with Booker going off that we didn't see any Javante Green or Aminu. Uh, I know Green was tried in that Warriors game against Curry, and he didn't do jack shit, and he doesn't really offer anything offensively. And Aminu's been kind of getting mothballed since that first try against the Spurs, which I also kind of get because he did not look very good. But with Booker just absolutely roasting, I thought maybe Philly would try. Uh, would would try to get him maybe those other guys some minutes, but I mean I I get it. I guess I understand why he didn't either. I mean they're just not that good. Uh, those front court rotations are very interesting. Like I, there was a at first I thought Lowry wasn't even going to close last night. I think we saw Tice and Vucevic like coming down the stretch as this, as the front court, and then I think Thad came in. I think they closed with the big lineup as well. Uh, with I think Denzel out there instead. Of, I can't remember exactly. I, that was after Sato, I think, fouled out. They had Denzel and, like, all the other big guys out there. So, super interesting. Like I said, I don't really – I feel like a lot of people are criticizing Billy's rotations. And I do kind of get it because they've been kind of weird. But with these injuries, they're going to be weird. So, uh, Ricky, how have you felt about what, how, what Billy has been trying on this experimenting with uh, this group right now? I think Donovan in general has been a really good hire for the Bulls. And I think, you know, just the level of competence and professionalism he's brought the team – has been gigantic. His press conference last night was really great, too. He was talking about how the guards were struggling to get the ball into Vucevic early because of Phoenix's defensive scheme. They were double-switching on the back line. He just gives you a lot of great insight. With that being said, I think it's totally fair to criticize his rotations, and I think that that has been the weakest part of his coaching 
this year. We've had way too much Denzel. Denzel shouldn't even have been on. <laughs> way too much Denzel. And Denzel had a decent game last night, but it's like, what are you really building towards with him in there? Uh, Archie Diacono, too. You know, it kills me not to see Devin Dotson get a chance because I, I'll just say, I don't know much, Jason, <laughs> but I feel very confident that Devin Dotson could give them better minutes than Ryan Archie Diacono. Right? <laughs> I could be wrong about that. Archie Diacono made some nice defensive rotations in the game, but he is just so limited offensively. There's no upside there. Give me some juice with Dotson as a scorer. And then, yeah, like watching Markin in its small forward was hearkening back to the days of me. Uh, <laughs> Nico? N- Nico at the three, yeah, for sure. <laughs> at the three. So uh, I think that Donovan's rotations have kind of been an issue. Uh, and, you know, you could even point to, you know, starting Kobe for as long as he did and starting Lowry for as long as he did. So it's going to be something to monitor. Obviously, like, there's been a nice honeymoon period with Donovan, but, uh, you know, coaching in the NBA is a tough job. You're open to a lot of criticism, so that's something that I think we're going to have to monitor. Uh, what, what else can we hit on here? Oh, so I'm going through these other questions that I kind of just brought up. Like, is this losing streak okay? I, I think we kind of talked about that it is, considering they're mixing in new guys and there's injuries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think it's I think it's totally fine right now. When can we expect the team to be fully online? I think we need to get Zach healthy for that. Uh, and then so hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, then, then the other question was, is making the play-in game something to celebrate? Obviously, they're probably not going to finish with a good record. But, I mean, I'll take anything at this point, to be honest. Uh, given where they've been in recent years, even if they end up like 10, 12 games under 500, hopefully, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Let's, uh, we have a speaker request here. Let's, let's bring him up. It looks like it is, uh, we'll start first with Emmanuel. If you got a question, comment, uh, let her rip. Yo, I just got uh, one question. Yep. Y'all feel like y'all should have traded Kobe for like a defensive port guard? Cause like, I don't like, uh, especially with Vuce is a bad defender. Levine's a bad defender. I don't know about Kobe White. I assume he's just bad because he's on the board. <laughs> the only three bad. defenders y'all have is like a rookie and Patrick. And uh, does Thad Young start now? Does he start? Yes. He started. So, yeah. So, so y'all feel like y'all should have traded Kobe White for like Lonzo or something? For sure. I mean, if I don't think that that was really on the table. Maybe they could have offered Kobe and Lowry for Lonzo. I might have done that. Of course, they could still just sign Lonzo outright as an RFA. I think that's going to be one of their moves. We could talk about a few other guys I think they could add in the offseason. I got a few names in mind. But, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, does Kobe fit the Bulls long term? I don't know because he can't really play with Levine. Those two in the backcourt, especially when you got Vooch at center, uh, I just don't really think that's tenable. Now, I do think that Kobe – I don't want to totally write him off. I mean, I think he's going to have a long career. I think he's going to be a pretty decent player. Maybe – uh, I think, you know, ultimately he's going to be – he's not going to look like the worst pick ever at number seven overall. But I do think that they should definitely look into, uh, you know, ditching him and trying to get the most value out of him possible while he's still on a rookie contract. They need a big defensive guard. There's no doubt about that. I think Lonzo Ball would be really good. Uh, we're probably not in the point of the podcast where I throw out other names. But how about Josh Richardson? He's going to be a free agent this year. I know that he hasn't been great. Uh, this season for Dallas, but I think that one could kind of be interesting. Another Maverick, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a guy I'd be looking at. Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy we could be looking at. So, yeah, the Bulls need a big defensive complement in the backcourt. Uh, and actually, since this is a Chicago, we are two Chicago guys, how about Taylor Horton Tucker? 
he can get a oh, four-year, $80 million max contract. That's the most money anyone could offer him. The Bulls blew it by not drafting him in the second round when they had the chance. They ended up going with Daniel Gafford. But uh, if you want to swing for the fences and you want the upside move and you want someone who could grow alongside Zach and Pat and maybe be you know a long-term piece, if not necessarily a quick fix, why not throw a big offer sheet at Taylor? I'm going to throw that one out there, too. Did, can they do the the weird, like, back-loaded contract with that? Is that the deal with him? I'm not like totally Like the Ashik deal? I just know that – yeah, I don't know what, like, the poison pill potential is there, but uh, I do know our Lakers blog at SB Nation wrote a really good thing on the types of contracts – Talon can be offered, and I guess the max is four for 80. So I don't know if the Bulls need to offer him 80. Maybe they can get him for 60. Maybe even that's a risky move, but uh, you know, just throwing that out there. Talon Horton Tucker, if you want an upside move and you're looking for potential picks, I think that could be pretty interesting as a Chicago guy, a North Sider, a Simeon grad. Uh, all pretty interesting. Kevin, uh, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining. Uh, what do you yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion on, on a couple things. Number one, uh, what's it going to take for Denzel to never play in a game ever again? <laughs> um, that's my sarcastic comment because I'm just miserable every time he's on the floor. But my real question for you guys is, with the way the league's going, I mean, you're seeing Zion essentially being the primary playmaker now for the Pelicans. I worry about Zach's ability to develop in that area because of his age and how long he's been in the league and, and his just tunnel vision at times. So is there somebody else on the roster that can play that role. I mean, is Patrick Williams a guy who could who could be your primary ball handler and, and playmaker? Is Vucevic somebody that can can develop into that role? Because he did have three assists last night. I mean, he could be a, a Joakim Noah type when they used to run the offense through him. Who, who could be that player, or do you truly need to go get a point guard? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm going to say, Chris, I see your comment. I'll read that out loud. I agree with what Chris just said. In terms of... Uh, you know, who could be the Bulls' lead initiator? Dude, that's been their biggest issue since they let go of Butler. I mean, every team wants that oversized initiator. Like, the role of the point guard has totally changed uh, over the last, you know, five, ten years especially. You have LeBron and Luka leading the league in assists now. So I think, like, for sure, until you have that big initiator, that is every team's biggest need. Could Levine be that guy? Uh, maybe, but he's more of just a scorer. You know what I mean? Like he's taken, he's made some strides this year as a passer, reading the floor, no doubt about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know if he's really going to grow into your total lead initiator. Now the guys who do fit that bill are typically superstars. So when you're trying to like patchwork one together, you say, uh, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe Dennis Schroeder. I think both those guys would be good options, but part of me thinks you got to swing a little harder for the fences and i'm gonna throw out a cursed idea that came to my head last night i am not supporting this idea i would hate it if it happened i think even though i've been a lifelong fan of this man's game but it just kind of it kind of hit me as like maybe this is something they would do if they could make the salaries work westbrook what do you think about that god they need some rim pressure. They're obviously trying to win with the Vucevic deal. Is there any way maybe they try to do a sign-in trade with Lowry, throw in another contract like Sato's? I don't even know if they could match the salaries because Westbrook makes so much money. Uh, I wouldn't really want this to happen either because Westbrook <laughs> is a player, but uh, Westbrook's kind of been on a tear lately. So uh, what do you think of this cursed thought in my head, Jason? Russell Westbrook oh, over the offseason. I mean, I just I think I would have much rather them traded for Chris Paul last offseason. 
<laughs> I mean, Chris Paul is still fucking got it, obviously. Uh, and if they had Chris Paul right now, they'd probably be probably fourth in the East, which is kind of funny. I don't know if they would have been able to pull off the Vucevic trade if they had him, but I mean, maybe they wouldn't have had to do that. I have no idea. They they probably could have. They had all their draft picks. They could, if they really wanted to like go all in on right now, they could have traded for both guys. But uh, in terms of trading for Russell Westbrook now, like. I mean, he puts up huge numbers, obviously. He just had, what, like a historic, like 30-20-20 or 30-20-15 triple-double. But, I mean, the Wizards suck. The Wizards have Russ and Beal, and they still suck ass. Because, like, he doesn't play defense anymore either. Uh, the Bulls, I mean, the Bulls clearly do need somebody who can put pressure on the rim, like you said, and create. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, that... I, I, that is a that is a cursed idea, for sure. I don't know. No, I mean, if you're getting, like... If you're basically giving up nothing and just, like, trying it out for a year... Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, the Bulls clearly need, like you said, they do probably need to swing. Like, uh, like Kevin brought up, like, Patrick Williams. Can he be that guy? Like, I have no idea. He's shown some flashes, but, I mean, he's so far away from being, like, high-level offensive creator. We have Zach here in the comments brought up DeMar DeRozan, which we have talked about before. Like, DeRozan has gotten better in terms of his uh, playmaking. I think he's up with, like, six, seven assists per game this year. And, I mean, he's, uh, he's always in control. We saw him kind of do that against the Bulls recently. Just very control. Uh, deliberate player, and that's I think what they kind of need. But he's also still like really good, and now like like Sato's deliberate, but like he can't put pressure on the basket. And DeRozan's just much better. Uh, so like I, I think I'd probably rather try a guy like DeRozan than Russ, even though Russell has flashy numbers and was dunking on I think it was at Biombo the other night and putting up historic triple doubles. I, man, I don't know, man. <laughs> I th- we talked about it last offseason too. Like we talked about should they trade for Russ or Chris Paul, and they obviously didn't do either. Uh, trading for Chris Paul would have been dope because. We've seen him how he's helped the Suns, and uh, but that's obviously that ship has sailed. And now, like we're talking about trading for Russell Westbrook, that's I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I support it. <laughs> you had, you admitted that you didn't like it. Yeah, it was just an idea that came into my head. I think Zach's got some. He's raising some good points in the comments. Uh, DeRozan, we've talked about that. I think that could be decent. Uh, TJ McConnell, I mean, that's like a actually decent version of Archie Diacono. Like maybe you go after that. I want to read Chris's comment. He said, I think after the Nets game, the schedule is easier than you guys are leading on to, especially when you factor in the last week of games, you might see those playoff teams rest their stars. I don't think this team is great, but there are a bunch of wins in the remaining 25 plus games. Yeah. And I think we'll just feel better once the bulls are like stacking some dubs, right? Because it's tough to see you trade two future draft picks and then be in the midst of a five game losing streak. Like that just sucks. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, DeRozan is someone we talked about on an earlier episode of this podcast. I think DeRozan could be, he could be a decent bet to take, but part of me thinks you got to swing a little higher. And that's why I really like, Lonzo, because I think that he has some upside in addition to, you know, theoretically uh, just being a good fit is a connecting piece between Zach and Vooch. Uh, I think that most guys, when they're on their second contract, they aren't really overpaid on their second contract, right? Like normally a bad contract is a guy on his third deal. So uh, I would love if they could find a way to get Lonzo and, you know, you know, some of those other names we threw out there, Schroeder, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think that those are those are going to be potential things they could look into too. For sure. Uh, also, back to Kevin's other point about like Vucevic being like a a playmaker and all that kind of stuff, which is also what we talked about after right after the trade. And I think we also I can't remember if we did talk about this on that pod, but someone else brought it up in like, the bloggable comments recently. Uh, and something like that how they it feels like AK might be trying to be like a poor man's Nuggets basically, basically with like Vucevic playing a very poor man's Jokic role, 
you have Zach in like a kind of Jamal Zach and Kobe are both kind of like Jamal Murray, I guess. Like I would say Zach's better than Murray at this point. Although Murray has had a really nice season. He's gotten better this season, but uh, basically with like that. And I think AK even said that after the deadline, just like how, like, I mean, obviously he's lying when he says that they don't need a point guard upgrade, but uh, just like that Vucevic's playmaking can kind of help mitigate some of those issues. And so it does seem like they're trying to go for maybe like a, like, again, trying to follow a Denver model where you have that big man who can initiate offense. You have that maybe not necessarily like natural point guard, but you have a scoring guard, whether that's Zach, whether that's Kobe. Larry in the comments said Patrick Will is like a Jeremy Grant Swiss Army type type player. Obviously, you are hoping the ceiling is a little higher, even with Jeremy Grant kind of showing out this year. I know he's kind of come back down to earth a bit, but uh, it does seem like AK is maybe kind of like going that way. And then obviously you just have to fill out the roster. I mean, the Nuggets just have a much better roster around them when you have uh, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., uh, a really solid bench. Gary Harris went healthy. He's never healthy anymore. But the Bulls just need, yeah, just need to build out that lineup then to find, like you said, point guard, big big defensive player. Like I said, Kobe and Lowry just don't really seem like they fit this roster as starters anymore. So it's a matter of finding those other guys that fit with Zach, with Vooch, and with Patrick Williams. And I definitely think that they should give Patrick Williams all of the on-ball reps because he's been pretty good when they put the ball in his hands. And I think that that's his avenue towards actually having a high ceiling, right? Like, if he's playing off the ball, his ceiling is going to be dependent on how good he is as a catch-and-shoot guy. But on the ball, I think he offers you a little creation juice because uh, he's got a really good mid-range jumper already at 19 years old. So that's something the defenses have to guard against. Uh, he seems to read the floor well and have a pretty good feel for the game. We've seen him throw some, uh, you know, some high field passes, I would say. So, yeah, I think they should continue to develop Pat with the ball in his hands. That might be sort of your long-term uh, lottery ticket in terms of ceiling, but uh, I think it's definitely something they should experiment with because he's he's good off the ball. Like, he, he could still be a good offensive player, I think, is a permanent off-the-ball catch-and-shoot guy, but... Dude, like, give yourself to see, give yourself the chance to see how good he could possibly be, uh, you know, with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's a good cutter off the ball and like he's a solid shooter. But yeah, I mean, we might as well, like you said, that's like that's a path to possibly taking that next step, like him developing into a legit stud who you can just give the ball to and he can go do stuff for himself create for others we've seen some of it in pick and roll and that kind of stuff uh and hopefully we will see more as the season goes on and moving forward uh i mean he's still just so young and what we've seen so far has been nice so we just kind of hope that he does develop like i said i don't want to get like too over hype on the patrick williams hype but uh i think there's definitely reason to be very excited about his future um and if there's any other questions if anybody else wants to come up uh make comments on stage here we are going to wrap it up here pretty soon but if anybody else wants to have chime in with a comment, question, anything like that, uh, before we wrap up, I'll give you guys, anybody, a chance to speak right now. Otherwise, we will probably wrap it up here, Ricky, unless you have any other final thoughts. Well, I love that idea that Larry just put in the comments, the Pat Will Vooch pick and roll. Yeah, pick and roll, pick and pop. Get those guys in the two-man game. Uh, Donovan's drawn up some stuff out of timeouts for Pat to run pick and rolls. We saw him uh, threw a lob to someone the other night. I think it was Tice. Uh, off the pick and roll coming out of a timeout. So love that move. Kevin, in terms of the Poku idea, like I don't think that uh, the Thunder (laughs) are going to give him away because they're like definitely drafting for the future, developing for the future. And one thing I've been thinking about that I don't think I've said on the podcast yet uh, or tweeted, just because the Bulls traded their draft pick doesn't mean that they should not make a draft pick. 
this year. You know what I mean? Like uh, the Grizzlies, for example, did not have a first rounder last year, got back into the first round, picked up Desmond Bain, who's been a really good rookie for them. A move like that, I think, is a no brainer for the Bulls. Like if you could get into the first round somehow and find a lottery ticket type who might have some long term ceiling, I don't really have a name in front of me off the top of my head who they should look at. But uh, I think that, you know, they, they definitely need to continue to build for the future, even while they're trying to win. And trying to make a move like that, I think, uh, you know, could be pretty interesting. The Bulls also have their second round pick, which right now would be number 38. You could get a pretty good, uh, pretty good player, pretty good prospect at 38. So that's another thing to think. Just don't, don't sell it for cast considerations. We're crying out loud. Uh, Larry, question. What do you think, think about Kendrick, Kendrick Williams? Kendrick, Love I'm it. not trying to say his name. I believe they, I believe they call him Kenny Hustle in, uh, New Orleans, right? Is that who he's with? Love him. I've loved him since his college days. I think he'd be good for a lot of different teams. Or OKC. Is he, who the hell, what team is he on? Is it OKC or New Orleans? I don't even remember. OKC. Thunder. Larry says Thunder. Yeah, I'm sorry. He was with the Pelicans at one point, but because he, yeah, sorry. When the Bulls played the Thunder earlier this year, uh, like whatever, a couple weeks ago when they won, like he was part of the big comeback in the first half before the Bulls beat their ass in the second half. That's right. But you love Kenny Hustle, Ricky? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's been a, sort of a sleeper type since his college days uh, when he was at TCU. So I think that, you know, he's a guy who is just like a limited athlete. He's not an amazing shooter, but he just is a really good connecting piece, good passer, efficient scorer. Uh, and he's hitting a ton of threes this year. He's hitting 45% of his threes when typically his outside shot has been his swing card. So, uh yeah, I'd be all in on him. Shane asks, are you prioritizing a point guard or a defensive wing? What you really need is a defensive wing who can play point guard, right? Right. Kid, kid, those, cut, are the best players, those are the best players in the league, though. You're talking about a Jimmy Butler-level guy uh, if you're looking for those. I think the Bulls need to make some bold moves and try to uh, get both, you know, swing some trades, trade Lowry, trade Kobe, uh, try to make some moves around the margins, try to use your cap space. Yeah, like basically the Vooch move to me signals that they're going to continue to make bold moves. And the other thing, too, is like, dude, even if this blows up in their face and like the Vooch trade doesn't end up working out the way we want it to, uh, I don't think they're going to be married to any of these guys. And that's why I like the Vooch trade. It just sort of signaled an aggressive approach to team building that Garpax never would have fucking thought of. You know what I mean? Like they never we're going into an offseason being like, well, here's the guys on other teams we like. Let's try to get them via trade. So I think that, uh, you know, even they could flip Vooch next year if it's not working out. They could sign Zach and flip Zach. I don't think they're married to any of these guys. So that's the exciting thing about the trade to me. And there, there's more coming. Yeah, absolutely. As Larry said, AK did say after the deadline, I'm not done. Obviously, uh, he, they tried to trade Lowry. And, I mean, it's clear. It seems like his dates are numbered here. Uh, so yeah, big, big, I definitely want to think big. And again, if if the bull, if the season does actually go to crap and the Bulls got lucky in the draft, I mean, Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham could maybe fit those roles that we're looking for. But uh, Kevin, any chance Billy Donovan wants to go to UNC? Roy Williams, big news today. I thought it maybe it was April Fool's joke. But Roy Williams retiring from North Carolina after 33 years at UNC and Kansas. Uh, I mean. I can't admit, I, I feel like once you go from college to the NBA, like going back to college is like just not a thing. I know, I know there's been like all the Brad Stevens rumors and jokes about like going back to IU and IU just hired Mike Woodson to go to college from the NBA to college. Uh, I know he was an IU guy, but uh, 
I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, the Bulls are obviously paying Billy very well to be an NBA coach. And I mean, like I said, going from the college to the NBA back to college, I feel like this is not a thing he would want to do. But I mean, who knows? North Carolina is obviously one of the best jobs in the country, one of the most prestigious programs ever or, uh, in the nation. So uh, who knows? I'm very curious to see what they go after now that Roy's retired. Ricky, do you, do you have any thoughts on Roy Williams leaving? I know you missed college basketball. Yeah, I think Roy left in a lot of ways or decided to retire maybe a couple years earlier than he wanted to because college basket being a college basketball coach is really difficult right now with the rules in terms of like anyone could transfer out. Uh, you saw UNC lost Walker Kessler, who was their sort of a rising star freshman big man. I thought, you know, he was going to be a really good player for them over the next three years. He transfers out. I think that, you know, you just need a younger person as a college basketball coach with a ton of enthusiasm enthusiasm uh, i don't see billy donovan wanting to go back to college because it's it's hard to recruit it's not an easy thing to recruit and uh recruiting is the lifeblood of being a college basketball coach not only do you need to you know manage young people and have good schemes it's just like you're also the gm in addition to being the yeah. coach uh, that's too much stress i don't see donovan doing that yeah definitely not um I think let's, let's wrap it up here, Ricky. I gotta, I gotta go back to work, but, uh, this is great. Obviously awesome. Thank you everybody for listening. We love when you guys participate with us, uh, in doing these. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for the comments. Good stuff. Uh, again, the Bulls next game will be tomorrow night. That's Friday, uh, in Utah against the Jazz. The Bulls did just get smoked by Utah. They have the best record in the league. Uh, we are, not, I don't think we've gotten a Zach update yet, Zach or Kobe. So we're still waiting on the injury update. Maybe that'll come. Uh, later today so we'll see if uh either of those guys will be back or garrett temple as well for this jazz game the bulls could obviously use all the help they can get against the team with the best record in the league and then after that sunday and easter sunday and matinee against the nets uh it, i wonder if kd will be back for that game i know shams just reported today that it sounds like harden's injury isn't too bad so he'll probably be okay for that game and then kd is close and that if the playoffs were like happening right now like he would be playing and that he's nearing a return like i said i don't know if that's going to be uh sunday against the bulls or not like that would obviously not be great for the bulls if kd comes back and just absolutely roast them but i mean either way if it's if it's Kyrie and harden alone that's obviously the nets have been playing great they're a loaded roster no matter what basically so that'll be a tough game then after that the schedule does lighten up a bit uh and hopefully the bulls can start building some wins uh and then today's also mlb opening day so that's exciting for cubs and white sox fans especially the white sox ricky as a White Sox guy, I'm a Cubs guy. The Cubs are... I talked myself into the Cubs today looking at their opening day lineup. Uh, I know their pitching staff sucks, but we'll, we'll see. The White Sox should be awesome. They should be a lot of fun this year. So happy opening day, everybody. Uh, for us here at Cash Considerations, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to Blue Wire Hustle. Please, if you are interested in podcasting and all that kind of stuff, check out the Blue Wire Hustle program. We will have more information in the description for this podcast, which will be up later, probably much later tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, something like that. Uh, so for Jason Ricky, this is Cat Considerations HI Wolves Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. And thanks again for listening and participating. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.